Hello and welcome to another episode of The Modern Nerd. My name is Tim Bolin and I am, as always, a massive nerd. Now, today I've got a wonderful episode for you. The fantastic Rudy DeVino is going to be on the uh, show today. Uh, he's a local rap hip-hop artist here in Austin, Texas. Uh, his love for comics goes deep. Uh, they have influenced his music. You get to hear it. Uh, check out his Instagram, uh, Go Rudy G-O-R-U-D-I. Uh, you can hear samplings of his stuff, stuff he does daily, uh, any of his upcoming shows. Um, definitely listen to him. Uh, now, we're going to talk about everything. We talk about his early life, moving around, uh, how that influenced his comics, what he read, what he listened to, uh, where he decided that he was going to move uh, into the music industry uh, as opposed to uh, sticking with his art that he did early. I'm not going to spoil too much. Uh, it's it's fantastic. This guy uh, goes deep into some of these comics. Uh, give it a listen. Uh, Rudy DeVino. Um, okay, so let's go, and I want to talk a little bit about you. I want to see kind of where you came from, and, you know, you said, uh, where are you from, Portland? Uh, yeah, um, home for me is, uh, I would say, Portland, Oregon. Uh, okay. I'm an I'm a Army brat, so I've done all kinds of moving around everywhere, uh, but my dad and his family is uh, from Portland, so everywhere I would move, that's kind of, I would always come back there. Um, I had first come to Texas in like middle school, so that was a long time ago. Right. And then my parents split, went back to Oregon with my mom and my sister, but my dad stayed in Texas, so I would always come back and visit. <clears throat> uh, I kind of got into comics and uh, things of the nerd variety uh, with my dad. He, he was always um, big on comics, so back when... When I was in uh, living in Alaska, I mean, aside from me always like drawing and stuff, like he would, he, we would always go together and you know buy comics. I want to say they used to come out on either new comics would come out on a Wednesday or a Tuesday. Wednesdays, yeah, yeah they're still Wednesdays. Yeah, and so then uh, we would always just uh, go together each Wednesday, get a bunch of comics. He would tell me like I could only read one, but I would just go ahead and read them all. And uh, then that was kind of uh, that was kind of me and my dad's my dad's thing as far as like collecting comics. And then when my parents split, that kind of died down. But then as I got older, I was able to get all like my whole collection back from my dad. Wow. And so so now I now I have him. And then I'm like, OK, let me let me get back into comics because, you know, I would be kind of like surface level. And uh, but now that I've been in a. Um, this comic group of mine, it's called a uh, Mad or uh, Marvel versus Anime versus DC, and so that kind of got me back into at least catching back up with a lot of uh, a lot of things, at least on the on the Marvel side. I, I'm pretty, uh, I guess, somewhat informed on the DC side, but sure. I I actively read Marvel titles and. And some other titles, like maybe an image like a uh, saga, which is super dope, mm -hmm. but it, they haven't come out with any new uh, issues in a, in a while. Yeah, I was reading about it. Someone was saying they took a hiatus, and I don't remember why. I'll probably get into that a little bit more mm -hmm. uh, down the line. But it's really interesting that you said that you got into it from your dad, because that's kind of where mine came from. Mm -hmm. My dad wasn't into it himself, 
but he would always pick up a comic book on his way home from the train. He'd get mm-hmm. off the train. There was a comic book store on the way home. He'd pick up uh, issues of Wolverine for me mm-hmm. and started getting me that. And so then I found out where this store was and started going into and talking to the guy there. And it was my hometown. He'd been there for about 15 to 18 years uh, mm-hmm. up until I think maybe a year or two ago. And uh, he closed the doors, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, it was the same kind of concept. And, and I kind of do find a lot of people get into it from their parents like that's the first way to hand it down which is which is pretty cool um so you said you're more into more into marvel and dc and a little bit more into like independent stuff like that yeah um what would you say uh when you were younger would be like your your title were you like you know who was your guy who was your girl i was i was was in i was a i was a child of the atom i'm i'm an ex X Men yes. all, all day, like X Men, Wolverine, those those offshoots. I'm I'm very big on the X Men. They're absolutely absolutely my favorites. I'd say my favorite characters are, of course, Wolverine. Like that's yeah. growing up as a kid, a guy with claws out of his hands, yeah. and um, C- uh, Cable and Bishop. And I was a real big fan of those two characters because. Um, just both of them, they're, they're like, you know, strangers out of their own, own time. Like Cable, he's from, he was from their present, but he had to grow up in the future. Bishop came from the future and now he's in the present. And that kind of echoed a lot of, you know, my life always moving around and going to a new place and being that new person. It was like, I always just felt like I wasn't. I was out of my time, or I'm I'm from the future, but here I am in a in a new place, and I have to get reacclimated all over again. So yeah. I always I always felt that that relation to to those characters just being being who they are, but in a in a place that's you know sort of foreign to them. Totally, wow, that's deep, man. I love it. <laughs> I was always a Spider Man guy, you know. I mean, you grow up. Uh, just this nerdy kid and, and go to school and everyone's picking on you for it you go and you find a, a, a Spider-Man comic and the literal exact same thing is happening to this guy now I wasn't smart and everything like he was not a scientist or anything but I was like yeah this is I mean this is for me the most relatable character that I've found but I always dove into the X-Men stories mm. and, and I loved Nightcrawler and, and like I like Gambit Rogue Storm oh, yeah. oh man it was that was <laughs> That was it, and like that '90s cartoon. Did you watch that show? Of, of course, oh. we do too. And it's on. It's on Disney Plus now, so I'm just sitting there re watching it. And every time it's like skip intro, I'm like, hell no, skip intro. I want to hear that, right? I need to go back and find it because there was a. I don't know if it was like a movie or it was a few episodes, but it was it was X Men. And it was before the animated series ever came out, and it had a completely different hmm. X Men saving the day. It might have been like some seventies shit there, eighties. Uh, yeah, I want to say it was it was probably like eighties or like early nineties. Because I know they did they did a run uh, of of cartoons in the sixties, uh, late sixties when it was first kind of coming around. They like did Spider-Man like Spider Man and Friends. Spider Man and Friends was really the big one, and then like they. They were kind of mum until, you know, just hush up until, like, the late 80s, early 90s when he mm-hmm. came out with, like, you know, X-Men, Iron Man. They had a Hulk show, Fantastic Four, and, like, all that stuff. You know, you got to give love to Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. first family of Marvel. So. Yeah. Um, I think Hickman had a good run. Uh, I want to say it was Jonathan Hickman had a good run. 
or Matt Fraction uh, a few years back uh, of the Fantastic Four. It was real good. Um, so that's good. What do you What are you reading now? What are you still in the the X Men? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm keeping up with the the whole new Age of Age of X. Um, line. House of X, Powers House of, of X. X. Yeah, House of X, Powers of X. Yeah. Um, uh, who else? Uh, Thor. Uh, I'm really liking uh, where they're going with that now. Uh, say I'm caught up on the Avengers, and now. Um, Within the same storyline of the Age of X and House of X, there's a uh, kind of a crossover of um, like the the X Men and the Fantastic Four, like that had just uh, dropped. Okay. So it's um, more like um, you know, based off you know the the X Men, they've established uh, the the nation of uh, Krakoa, so all mutants you know are uh, members of this uh, this nation. And of course, one of the the most powerful mutants in the world is uh, Franklin Richards, who is uh, did I did yeah, I Franklin. say Franklin? Yeah, okay, right. yeah, Reed, Reed Richards and uh, Sue Storm's um, son, and so he's going through his issues because he's uh, he's like slowly losing his powers and oh damn yeah, and he's trying to uh, and apparently like Reed is supposed to be you know, working on uh, finding a cure for that. And the X-Men are just like, well, we have, like, cure we, we have the cure yeah. for, like, everything, but he doesn't want his, his son to, to go. And so it's just, like, that dynamic. And then kind of, like, like, one thing I thought was real cool is that he was, like, Franklin was speaking with uh, uh, the thing, Benjamin Grimm, and he's like, you know, it might not even be, uh, he's not doing it on purpose, but I mean, subconsciously, it's like, why is it that, like, dad is, like, one of the most brilliant people in the world, but he, and he can solve all these problems all over the world, but the two people closest to him, he can't fix you or me. Yeah, yeah that's, I mean, that's always been the issue I've seen with him, which is you either love Reed or depending on who's writing him, you fucking hate Reed. Mm. Like he's he's got this weird duality where yeah he's like super smart, intelligent, can fix everything else, but when it comes to his personal life, it's mm. all in shambles. Which I think is kind of relatable to a lot of people. You know, it's yeah. it's, it's the common like you know I'll give great advice, but then like I don't you don't follow <laughs> your own advice, which is the same concept. Story about life. He's like I'll fix everything else, but I can't fix my own shit and the people around me suffer for it but mm. which kind of makes it a little bit more of an interesting story i didn't know that i wasn't i'm not as caught up on that like I, it ju- I, yeah it just like dropped probably like last week yeah so. I, I just finished the um the house of x powers of x and for me like i'm a huge x-men fan i loved it back when like uh, uh i loved it when whedon did it um with the new mutants or new x-men i think and then there was a uh, um there's a few other people that did it, but uh, I, you know, I fell off. There was just some bad writing in it the was, middle there. Yeah, and then I picked it, it got back real because there were so many. Like they would get things started on an arc, and it was promising. It's like okay, and then next thing you know, like it, it was a break, and then it would come back, and it literally doesn't address any of the things that had just happened, and totally. it's just kind of like a big hole in the story, and they just move on like it never happened. Mm-hmm. So then it was just like, all right, totally. <laughs> 
It's, yeah, and it all depends on the creative team and who's running the show and everything. And now Kevin Feige, who does the MCU, is actually on doing like running the whole show. Mm-hmm. Marvel, comics, the TV, everything. So I'm like, all right, this might be a little more promising. It might all start to kind of tie together. Yeah. I kind of like my comics separate from my te- from my movies and stuff because you have a very... Uh, you know, limited spectrum you can do on screen, mm-hmm. whereas like on a comic you can dive deeper into A, other issues, B, you know, uh, visually more. It doesn't cost as much to make a comic as it does, you know, the last yeah. 20 movies that MCU gave us. So uh, this will be interesting to see what they do with that. Um, I think that should be kind of fun, uh, but might not be great. Who knows? I'm just um, wondering how they're going to uh, uh, introduce mutants into that's the the mcu i think that's what's going to be i have two theories on that Uh and uh it's for me uh with the drop of the new um that teaser disney plus did for their new shows the wandavision did you Mm. see these ones yeah 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 so theory i heard was gonna be uh it in the wandavision show because of the dynamic that she has with um vision uh, and and the rumor is what's his name's coming back actually Ultron some form of Ultron is is, is a vague theory very vague mm-hmm. so you know don't take my word on it completely but it's gonna kind of mess with her mind and I think she'll create the first mutants or mm-hmm. something like that mm-hmm. along those lines the other uh, theory I, I heard was more along the lines of um, the uh, multiverse of madness which might be the same kind of concept because she's in that as well she's gonna be uh, Scarlet Witch is in uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, who mm. unfortunately did just lose their director, um, Derek Richardson. I apologize if I get his name wrong. Robertson. He was in. He did the first Strange movie, mm. uh, and so they may dive into that because of the multiverse and opening that lineup. You may be able to take mutants from another universe and integrate mm-hmm. them into this universe and you're also going to have more aspects to get the fantastic four or at least drop in the names here and mm-hmm. there and so i'm like all right this whole thing seems to be really coming together for the mcu that but makes... i think we're gonna wait a while because the next movie that's coming out is what the shang chi movie i think so i think so so we got a minute before I'm not fully up on the, the whole uh, yeah. scheduling but yes. i mean that that uh, that makes sense at least with that because the one of the bigger events prior to um the battle of the realms was uh the secret wars where all of the different like basically like all the the multiverses were dying and so they had to um who was it it was uh steven uh steven strange and uh dr doom basically like went to uh, uh molecule man and they had to like use his like use his power he basically like gifted him their power and so that's where you get god doom and so then doom basically takes all of these you know pieces of different universes before everything collapses and then brings them all into you know one world so essentially they're like it's like if you were to look at it um at everything as this table like all of the the different like pieces of the universes are just broken up into lands like if the world were flat so like you could essentially cross over into everything so he basically like held everything together because the whole all of the multiverses were collapsing so just to even try and save people 
there he brought that all together and then it turns out like after that's all done then the fantastic four and the the future foundation which is like his kids and like he had franklin like going through and making like making all of these like new universes or like recreating them like yeah yeah so so i think i think that would be a great thing is to like do it on a multiversal level so like they're all existing but they're existing separately and now they're forced to forced to be together yeah man you you really are a lot deeper into the current <laughs> stuff than i am man i i've been very behind on my comics but I'm definitely gonna have to pick up Secret Wars. I have the original Secret Wars. Oh yeah, and yeah. And I have I have first printing of the uh, Secret Wars number eight. I think it's from like eighty four or eighty eight when it first dropped the black suit Spider Man. Oh my god, that is oh, worth so much fucking is, money. It, it's not as much as you would expect it to be, but I do have a. copy. It was back in the day. It was. But I have a copy of. Uh, it was the um, the the newsstand copy so it has a barcode mm. when it was originally released though it had the little black suit spider-man I mean, yeah uh, in the face in the yeah, corner yeah, yeah, yeah. but i so mine's a little more rare but i you know i'm gonna see how i'm gonna keep that i ain't trying to sell yeah. that much. That, that's like that's my childhood right there I, um, i'm kicking myself i remember back in the day with the the death of superman and i was like uh I mean, I don't really read really DC, and I didn't buy it. And I'm like, <laughs> oh no, I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> Got rid of it? it? Well, no, we never like neither me or my dad bought it. Like it was mm. just like just saw it and it was like, yeah, whatever. And then it turns out to be like one of the the biggest comics <laughs> 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 to, to release in a long time because like was. Superman dying was a big thing. Was that the nineties? Yes, it was. was. That was At least like, like 90, 93, 94. That was the biggest thing in the nineties, probably. Yeah. That and like. The Clone Wars for not the Clone Wars, the Clone Saga with Spider Man, which was it lost its luster yeah, <laughs> like yeah, real I did, quick. I didn't follow that too hard, but then oh, it's too much. a lot of stuff happened. That was when um, that was when Image happened. Yeah, in the in those, those life break off and and uh, uh, the other guys, it's so, it's, McFarlane and, and uh, yeah, Jim Lee. <clears throat> yeah, I I think it's so funny that like growing up <laughs> in that time and. Like not really having an understanding of how not so great Rob Liefeld is as far as drawing is concerned. It's but crazy. he's created some of like the most iconic. I mean, Cable, friend. Cable. That he is literally my favorite Cable. favorite character. But I mean, I think it became more of my favorite because of what the writers did with with Cable. Yeah. But I mean, he did create him, so it's like and you, you know, gotta give, give it up. Give the world Deadpool, which. I think it was funny because when I was younger, I was watching that series and I read, uh, you know, X Force and everything where Cable was a big part of, and so I knew Cable real well. Yeah. But I didn't know Deadpool. Like yeah. I didn't. I was reading in the '90s, but I was like, ah. Well, they didn't Deadpool really. They, they didn't really give you much. It was just like I remember when he first like popped up. It was just like okay, he was he was in the Weapon mm-hmm. the Weapon X program, yeah. but you know you didn't really like they didn't flesh it out or make him like really who he is until like much later and now like deadpool is the biggest thing you know like deadpool is like he he had two insanely successful movies the second one i still loved some people didn't it was good it it wasn't bad it was good it just wasn't as good as the first the first one was was fan service you know it was like here's more of that thing it was an actual sequel in a world of not having real sequels Mm -hmm. like the the 
art of the sequel is kind of dead, where it was just fan service and and like here's more of that. Here's here's some stuff from the last movie that you loved. Here's a couple new characters that you know of that you love, and you kind of have. I think it was a better juggernaut than uh, Vinnie Jones was back Absolutely. in the day. <laughs> that was kind of a disgrace. Do you, do you know? Um, do you know the the story of like someone that in that where he. Um, I th- he was chasing Shadow Cat or mm-hmm. Kitty, and then she like, you know, made him phase into yep. the floor, and they're like, "Don't you know who I am? I'm yeah, the Joker now." Yeah. Well, uh, do you have you ever seen the YouTube video that that came from? No. So what happened? It was um, uh, these guys. I don't like know their names, but it was uh, like My Way Productions, and what they did is they took an old episode of. Of the X Men animated series from around the time when uh, it was like the the Emicron Crystal Phoenix saga yeah, was going one. going out there, and so what they did is they just uh, they just did a voiceover for that, and it was called the the Juggernaut bitch, and so that it had gotten so <laughs> it had gotten so popular, and this was like back before like things really like went viral, but it was like in millions of views, and it had gotten so big that. It, they like they put it it put that in the movie. That's so hilarious. You're, so you just look up Juggernaut bitch and you'll you'll see it. So I'll have to check that out. That's... Don't you know who I am? It's the Juggernaut bitch. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to check that out. Um, all right, so I want to kind of uh, just a very bad segue into another topic. So you are, uh, <laughs> you are like a hip hop artist. You kind of get into that. Uh, you've been doing that for a while now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I've heard some of your stuff, and I love it. I think it's fantastic. Um, do you? Would you say there's any influence from comics? Do you bring any of that into anything you do in you know in your music? And, oh my and god! Talk a little bit more about uh, how, how you got into <laughs> that and everything. I do it. I do it a lot, and I try. Uh, I mean, as far you mean, how did I like get into music or start there? How'd you get? How'd you uh, kind of get into? You know, that? it's it's kind of always been a. Th- like a thing for me like so when when I was I was younger like I would just always like just love music I'd easily like just memorize songs and then from there it's like I I used to love to dance so of course you would dance to to music and um just growing up I didn't realize and I was able to sing but I didn't really care about it but I didn't realize how much I loved music and how involved it was in everything in my my life until I got like older so I do kind of wish sometimes that maybe I had that understanding that I love music and this is what I want to do um but uh from from there I've I've just always tried to uh, at least with my my lyrics, just say things like clever or like pull things to pull things together. So like every every now and then, I'm I'm definitely going to you know drop some drop some uh, comic lines or or things like that. Like uh, hold on, there, on this one this one song I did where I'm just like rapping for like two minutes. I had a little extended like Thor uh, Thor reference. Um, uh, what I say? I said. Uh, Marvel at my momentum, your boy's a god, that's Odin's son, so low-key, give me what I'm owed than some, shit is hella over, Ragnarok, you know it's come. Nice. So I, I, I always just try and find a way to like weave weave those type of uh, type of things into into what I say, because 
you know, even though like a lot of times there are a lot of people who like enjoy music and they might just see it as like, okay, it's more of a, a background thing. They don't really like pay attention to it. But I, I at least do that for the people who do listen to like the actual words of the music. So then when people do catch that and they're like, oh man, you said this, then like that, that makes me feel proud when people say that. It's like, okay, like I appreciate the fact you were listening and you caught, caught that or, um, what else uh, there's this one song this um this producer i had met on uh on instagram he's uh, out of boston and his uh his uh, handle is a uh, 16 bit spit and he had this nice. beat and it was um it was called miles and like so what he'll do is when he like plays uh on his instagram he'll like have an image or something on screen and so it was miles morales so i literally just made an entire an entire song about just dropping um, dropping Spider-Man references. Nice. I haven't released it, but because I want to um, make sure it's good. But yeah, like it was just ex- a whole extended, just I guess scheme of like using names of characters and just trying to fold it together. So I mean, I, I have fun doing that because I enjoy comics and. I've always been about that. So whatever I can do to just like slip it in there, that that's what's fun to me. That's awesome, man. That's <laughs> real cool. I always love hearing things like that and, and stuff that I love and inside of music. And, you know, it's it's not very common ground that you get a lot of comic book references in, you know, like mainstream music or anything like that. So hearing that is real cool. I, I always love uh, hey, listen to listen around. to Wu Tang. Oh yeah, no, they drop yeah. a lot. <laughs> they do. I, I mean, forgot about that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Iron, Iron Man. Like uh, all the all the Wu Tang members had their own uh, like aliases. I mean, you've got Ghostface, Tony Stark's Iron Man, yeah. uh, Method Man, Johnny Blaze, yeah. Ghost Rider. That's true. That's true. Man, I forgot about that. Yes. That brings me back. Uh, so let's kind of move into uh, when you were younger, you know, you're reading the comics and everything and, and you're still doing that and you're still into it. Um, what would, have you ever done any like art or like writing can, and that kind of stuff? You ever do any drawing or oh, yeah. any interest into like doing that stuff too? Uh, well, I mean, that was kind of, um, that was where I like initially started is I would be I would I would read comics and then I would just like draw what I would I would see in there or like times when I was in middle school and you know I didn't really have a lot of friends like that I would just spend my my Friday nights just just sitting down looking at comics and just drawing what was what was in there and and it was funny because for a while my dad um and you, I think my dad might have been taking a drawing class, and I guess he didn't. He didn't think I could draw better, <laughs> better than <laughs> him, and so then he'd start seeing. He's like, "Oh man, like you can actually like draw for for real." Uh, I kind of want to go back um, to that and get back into into drawing because it was that was a, I'd probably say like one of my first talents, and sure. I just didn't keep going. But it was always something I could do, and then people would. Like even though I would think it was crap, people would be like, "Oh, well, wow, that still looks that still looks pretty good." That's, that's every artist <laughs> worst, worst problem. And like I did, I did comics for a little bit. I made my own with a buddy of mine back in Chicago, where I'm from, mm. and uh, it was he was the artist. I did some writing and the colors in it, and I did self taught mm. and everything like that. And it was 
a super fun process. I loved it. I, I didn't take any classes or anything for the coloring, and my writing was was terrible. Like yeah. I, I failed like English <laughs> yeah. like twice back in the day. Like I'm, but I, you know, I, I had I had things to say. I had a story to tell, so I put it on page, man, and and it was great. Um, it was a lot of fun doing it. I look back and I'm like, this is god awful. But <laughs> you did it. I did it, and it was fun. And like, you know, I always encourage everybody to keep drawing, keep writing, keep keep doing your craft. And like, you know, I, I feel like there's a pretty good overlap. If you know, you're writing music and everything like that, you can do lyrics, you can do story within something that's two to four minutes long. You know, it's a good medium. It's a good uh, uh, overlay back into. You know, full storytelling, just elongate some of the stuff you're doing and go through, you know, and make it make it more personal. Because there's not there's not as much out there, at least mainstream wise, that I feel is is connects with everybody. You know, mm-hmm. like a lot of the indies and stuff like that. Like you were mentioning, like Saga. Like people really dig that because it feels kind of familiar with like uh, uh, you know the resurgence of like the Star Trek, Star Wars, mm-hmm. and like the sci-fi stories and everything are coming back and and everything and and uh did you ever read um why the last man no but i'm familiar with it definitely check this out it's like a post i wouldn't say an apocalypse but it's like there was like a a virus or something that kind of just like killed all the men in the world and so only women are left Uh except for one person and his monkey ampersand and so it's his adventure going across the country like he's got a sister and and his mom's still alive Uh, i don't know if his mom's still alive but his sister's still alive and it's it's this wonderful read um just it's really quick too but Mm -hmm. it's it's deep and it hits on like a lot of different topics but like definitely i would say check that out you know what that reminds me of Mm -hmm. uh what was it it was a fox tv show was i think it was called sliders I remember and, was that a movie? No, 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 oh, not sliders. Um, um, shit. It was a uh, the actor. I think his first name was Jerry. Kind of reminds me of Brendan Fraser, and um, Jerry Conway. Yes. And so what it was is this. Um, it was like these these people. They would always end up going to these different universes, and they would have to find the you know the next place that they could you know portal like it was always like random and they would figure out okay this portal is going to be here so we've got to do whatever we need to do here and then you know make it to the portal and there was there was one episode where they had gone there and there was there was a virus or something that like decimate like killed all of you know majority of the men in the society so then it was essentially women's society and the men were kept in like breeding centers so, so like, so, so the men would live there. It was there. like a reverse Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, yeah. On Fox, you but, know? Yeah, but just not as uh, not as oppressive as yeah. as Handmaid's Tale yes. by far. By far, I'll have to I'll have to look that. You said Jerry Conley, Con Conway Conley. I know who you, I think I know who you're talking yeah. about. I don't. I I could. I'm probably getting his name wrong, um, but I think I know who you're talking about. Um, but then, did you did you ever read Lock and Key? Um, no, but I saw like me just starting to watch it on Netflix. That's what is going to make me go back okay. and start looking at the actual um, uh, graphic uh, novel or I mean comic. Uh, that's kind of the same way I felt about uh, Umbrella Academy. Like that sh- show was so good, and yeah. so then I went back 
and uh, started like reading and caught up with all oh. all of them. Oh, I'm not even that far. <laughs> no, I read the first trade of Umbrella Academy, and I didn't get all the way through the show. I think it was slower for me for the show. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I read the comic, and it's written by uh, Gerard Way from I want to say like My Chemical Romance. Mm. He's a, he's a musician originally. I could be I could be so wrong on that. And there's so many people that are gonna listen to this. They're gonna be like, "Are you kidding me? Like you're an idiot." But um, he was a musician uh, and he did that. But then I read the first trade and I thought it was great. I thought it was fantastic. And I read it because the show was coming out. So I was like, "All right, let's see how it goes." Because usually it is the same for me. I'll watch something and then go back and read it. I did that with like Harry Potter and mm. and, and some of the other books and stuff like that. Uh, but with the show, uh, for me, I just felt that it was the Ellen Page character, uh, number seven, where it's like they really drew out her kind of story and her backstory, where the first trade really was just she was very not in the main focus. Like she she had the focus. They'd come in. Everybody hated her. They told her to go away. She went off to her little Mm. you know violin stuff with like the the evil and all that Mm. and then she kind of just showed up again later and was kind of wreaking havoc but it's like spoilers for anyone who hasn't watched it (laughs) (laughs) or read that apologize um but like i i felt like that that gave it a little bit more mystery and everything whereas like i didn't need to know as much as they're giving me it kind of changed the character for me like it Mm. made her originally just like a i was scorned fuck this i'm out Mm. whereas now it's like I was scorned, but I'm going to keep going back and keep, you know, just, and I'm like, you're, it just draws it out. And I get you got to fill in more time and everything yeah. like that, but I, I'm going to finish it and maybe it'll change my mind and, and I don't want to, you know, I haven't finished it, so I can't really give a full opinion yeah, on the yeah. whole show, uh, but I liked it. But, um, but Lock and Key, I want to give it a, a brief synopsis and then talk about it for a second. Um, so it was uh, uh, originally a comic by Joe Hill, the son of Stephen King. Uh, and it was about a family whose father was murdered, uh, and they're from the, um, are they from Portland? S- Seattle. Seattle. They're from Seattle, Seattle yeah. and then they end up moving across uh, to Massachusetts mm-hmm. uh, to a place called the Key House, and they slowly discover all these magical keys and what they can kind of do, uh, and then there's a, a lurking evil going throughout the whole thing. I don't want to give too much away because I don't want to spoil anything. Um, the comic I thought was, it's one of my favorite, like mm-hmm. hands down comics. I have every single issue. I think they're all first printings. When did um, it first uh, come out? Um, God, I was still living in Chicago. I want to probably say came out like 2011 or 12, mm-hmm. right around there. Uh, maybe, maybe even a little earlier. It, it doesn't have a huge run. I think it's got maybe a hundred issues. And, you know, don't quote me uh, on that, but I have, I went and got the first trade in hardback or hardcover, which, you know, after I have issues going back and buying the trades, like, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you know, you love something if you're buying it twice. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I thought it was fantastic. The comic is super graphic, um, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit more violent than the show, which mm-hmm. I think is fine. You kind of need a broader audience when you're going on, on the show and everything. Um, but uh, the show for me is phenomenal. Yeah, I thought it was superb, and that's rare for me to go from something I loved so much to look at the show like or it'd be like, oh wow, you did this justice! Like you changed a few things. They're they're changing the like the way they tell the story. All the segments are there, but it's kind of like out of order. They're doing flashbacks. They're bringing this in, yeah. which I thought was brilliant and really well done for the show because it, it flashbacks in that manner to me 
are TV's version of comic book paneling. Mm-hmm. It kind of sets the mood. You know you're going back and forth and back and forth, and so it kind of is is fantastically done. Um, how far into it would you say you are? Uh, I want to say I'm in like the fifth episode. Okay, kind of kind of the way you you were saying about the flashbacks, like even though like with flashbacks it can be a very overdone trope, mm-hmm. but it's about how you do yeah. the flashbacks and. The way that they did the the flashbacks in the the series so far is like I really I really dig it because you think uh, like okay it's like you're following the story and it's like okay well you know this seems like this and then all of a sudden you get a flashback of one of the kids is like oh shit this is dark as fuck yeah like <laughs> it was like there were there were just so many things that like just kept me intrigued just like okay I don't fully understand this but I'm interested enough to know more from the way that they're they're laying it out and the way that they're they're showing it and i also just like how uh because like at first the the father <laughs> he was kind of like annoying because like his <laughs> his voice and it's like well who is this guy yeah. and then um just at least the the seeing the uh the the memory of the story that he told each of his each of his children is is a different way. Right. Like I I dug that because I'm like okay so he's like he's obviously doing this purposefully because you know each of his children are different and so it's like you know for his daughter she's the she's is she the oldest? Mm, she's the middle child. She's the middle child, but she's she's also like the the smartest and well actually the youngest son is probably the smartest. Yeah, you kind of but no, he listens to him because yeah. he's a fucking child and everyone yeah. writes them off, which yeah. is a very interesting trope that they use because it's been done too. But go on. Yeah, uh, well, I mean that's that's kind of like a human nature thing. I mean, it is. You, you, if you most times you know kids, you're like, oh, well, what are you just saying? You're you're a kid. Yeah. But, <laughs> But then, like, seeing I was like, no, no, the story was always, like, a happy ending. And then when he said it, to, when he told the story to the son, it was like, nah. Yeah. He was like, nah, it's, it's it's pretty dark. And I think when he's telling the story, the, the son hears it at a point in his life where he's probably, the, the father is still probably regretting and remembering a lot of things differently. So he's mm-hmm. giving each child, like, a different lesson out of it because where he is in his life like it's it's you know without going into too much detail it's you know he's still remembering a lot of the shit that went down Mm -hmm. and the gruesomeness and all that stuff and then uh giving like a warning but then he kind of grew older and gets a little bit wiser and kind of comes to term with some things and he's talking to the daughter he tells her the story he's like oh it can be a happy ending you know now he's with his family and everything Mm -hmm. can be okay so you're like okay and you know you gotta shield some of the kids and stuff like that i don't remember how it ended with boat well bodhi never got an ending yeah, but I don't because he fell asleep. Yeah, yeah, he fell. He fell asleep. Small spoilers for yeah. the middle of this thing, but it's, <laughs> it's not a huge spoiler or anything. We're not going into super detail, but it was. I do love the way that they're, like you said, back onto the the flashbacks. The way they're they're doing that because they do kind of hint at what happened mm-hmm. in the beginning, uh, but they don't really dive too far into it and show you the full scene and so they kind of sort of like pepper that in here and there when it's appropriate for the character and a lot of it is from uh damn i'm gonna forget her name uh from from the daughter's point of view which is a very interesting point of view for that but um yeah when they do uh oh i want you to finish i can't go into too much more because there's, <laughs> there's, there's ways they go into 
uh, like the mystery behind the keys and everything, and like with the with her mom, with her parents, the mom and everything, and how she like can't remember everything. Mm. So it gets real good. Definitely a binge worthy show. I would definitely do that. Um, did you ever watch The Witcher? Yes. Awesome. Now that okay, I love the show. Yeah. Hands down, two thumbs up. But in contrast to the way they use um, flashbacks in uh, Lock and Key, the timeline of but The Witcher it was a little confusing at first. Stupid confusing. I, like, I was able I was able to piece it together. Like, oh, okay, okay, I see, I see exactly what's happening. So this instead of they're like telling two stories that eventually come together, but one starts, bef- like the beginning of, okay, no spoilers, but the beginning of like Witcher, this will help anybody watching yeah. it. When you first meet like Witcher in the beginning, it's actually before the timeline in which you first meet, the uh, what, I don't remember that girl's name, the girl in the forest, you know, yeah, who, who's the, got the, the, the line, yeah. yeah, no, the, the, the young girl. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because those are the two that eventually you want to kind of yeah. cross over, but it just, when they started dropping back and forth, it was, I was like, wait, wait, there, she's dead, wait, he's alive, I don't know what's going on, <laughs> and then I realized, I read somewhere, they're like, it's two different timelines, I'm like, oh, yeah. so... I think that was kind of a big, my only big issue with it. But mm-hmm. after you figure it out, it, it becomes yeah. phenomenal show. And if you get a chance, uh, after I recommend this after you finish it. Obviously, you, but anyone listening, there are um, these things that Netflix put out. I think you can Google them, uh, and it's Henry Cavill talking about the dynamics of a scene, how they made it, like him using uh, this. There's like that fight scene in the first or second episode where he's. Um, and this is the first episode where he's uh, going through the town and he has to get to the tower because that one woman is going to kill the guy. Yeah. And, and um, the way they shot it, the way they filmed it, it's all one shot. Mm. Like they just start to finish and they use these like cut swords and everything so that you can like drag it through someone's arm, but you're not like they digitally put in the rest of the sword. Mm. It's real cool. And then he goes in and talks more about like his his gear and his swords, his everything. It's uh, some of the behind the scenes on that mm. is phenomenal. Um, but definitely, you know, I would say check those out as well. Okay. How'd you feel about Cavill? Uh, I thought it was I thought it was good. He did a. I guess it was, um, it, it almost felt like it was uh, the, like, Superman when he came back uh, <laughs> in, uh, in Justice sure. Justice League, and yeah. he didn't really know anybody, so he was, except without the goofy uh, goofy upper lip. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Was, uh, man, I think he's, I thought he was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, you know, I never played the games. A buddy of mine back home loves yeah, them. Like, absolutely the loves them. Never read the books. Yeah, and he and I was so afraid that this guy was going to hate the show. Because, A, him and I never agree on anything, mm-hmm. um, which makes for great conversation. But um, I messaged him, and he loved it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, so someone who played the games really can kind of appreciate Henry Cavill as which I'm like, all right, then he must have done something right based mm-hmm. on the books. So I might go back and play the game being a gamer myself, uh, which I thought uh, it's it was free for me or something. I have like Game Pass on my Xbox. So, oh, yeah, yeah. So I might, I might check that out because um, I hear it's real good. Um, that being said, I want to do a little bit more on TV. Um, you said you watched The Mandalorian already? Oh, yes. And this is... Did from... you see the other Star Wars 
the movies? Uh, not. Well, I haven't seen. I haven't seen Rogue One. But you saw like the seven, eight, and nine Rise of the Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. I haven't. I haven't seen the newest one though. The the Rise of Skywalker. The yeah, nine. yeah. Okay. I've not seen Rise of Skywalker. All right, I won't. I won't spoil any of that. But uh, yeah, the Mandalorian was it was amazing. Like it, and and this is from somebody who is not a Star Wars fan. Okay, like I'm not going to know all of the different lore. I've seen. Sure. I see the movies just because it's like, well, you know, I need to at least see it to keep the reference of it. But sure, and they're other, entertaining movies for yeah, the most part. Yeah, other than that, I'm like, I don't read the, don't read the comics. Oh, I haven't read fine. any of the the novels. Even though I've seen them in my like middle school li- <laughs> sure. middle school libraries, but like the Mandalorian was like the story storytelling was was great, cinematography was great, yeah. like it everything about that series was was awesome. Peppering and I, some of the comedy here yeah. and there, which a lot of these movies are missing because the original stuff. You've got like Harrison Ford, Han Solo, popping it in. It's just little moments, and then you kind of lose some of that. I did love the show. I think it's one of the best Star Wars anything made in the last 20 years. And like, you know, again, I'm kind of where you are. I've seen all the movies, though, and and everything, and I do love the the lore, but I'm not, I haven't read every book. I've read a couple of the comics. Mm -hmm. You know, I did read the the Thrawn trilogy, which to me is one of the only ones you need to read afterwards. I listen to them. I do them on audiobook, which Mm -hmm. is like a full... It, that one was done as like a full like audio cast where there's like multiple people mm. there's sounds and that was cool but i think the mandalorian really uh, just was superb and gina carano like was excellent in that as well she was the the female bounty hunter yeah yeah, I thought yeah. she was good and then of course baby yoda i mean <laughs> it's it's adorable uh and, and i know he's not yoda but whatever that's totally fine i thought that was I thought that was fantastic. Do you do? Do you have Disney Plus? Do you do? Uh, yes, I do. Well, I mean, I I realized I'm like, well, shit, I'm already paying for Hulu. It's like, hold on, I can get this for essentially <laughs> free. Like, why wouldn't yeah. I? Like, I'm not, and so yeah, I absolutely have it. I don't watch it as often, yeah. but yeah, the man. Like, I definitely like was on the Mandalorian, and it was every, everything about about that series was was like good i think that's where like you can win is if you can make something that anybody can watch and appreciate it then then i mean that means you've done a good job and of course you can't please everybody but i mean i've heard both like star wars fanatics like casual star wars and then you know i'm like i'm more casual but like on from all spectrums of just people, people who've never every, seen Star Wars. People who've never seen Star Wars, people who like know about it, and then people who are fans, like everybody in all those spectrums, I hear nothing but great things True. for the Mandalorian. No, so I'm I'm looking forward to the second season. I am too. All right, so we've kind of talked about some comics. We've talked about their influence on you and your music and kind of how they kind of crossed over into uh, um, television, movies, that kind of stuff. So broader question i guess is like how do you feel about the current generation of being uh having all these things that we grew up with you know it, it started back in i'd say with like spider-man and x-men one you know the toby Maguire, yeah uh, the patrick uh patrick stewart, stewart ian mckellen like all that that kind of launched it and then you, you know you had like 
you can go back even further and say Batman 1989, but there was nothing between then. You had Superman. But, like, when they hit X-Men, they kind of really opened the door. And mm-hmm. Spider-Man, they really opened the door for taking these things that we loved as children uh, and growing up and putting it on the screen and, and being people who grew up with also a screen and movies more so than our parents' generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you feel like that impact kind of uh, has been? How do you feel they've done in taking these things from page to screen? Like, are you do you think they've done a great job like is it is it something that's impactful for you are you following like all the dc movies all the marvel movies even like the offshoots like with like lock and key and yeah. star wars now uh i i think i'm following it because like that's you know that's that's my life essentially um it's kind of harder to well to at least gauge how well it was done um, for a lot of those at the time that they came out, it was just more mind blowing the fact that it's actually out. Sure. Uh, I mean, the first X Men was cool. I thought it was weird that Wolverine didn't kill anyone, <laughs> but then first scene in X Two is he kills, and I'm like, okay, all right, cool. X Three was trash. Sure, which, sure. Which of course they they had to retcon that with the. Days of Future Past, they basically made it like that X3 never even happened Yeah, because of that. But um, then they retconned it again. <laughs> they tried to redo it with Phoenix, Dark Phoenix, the movie. I still haven't even watched it. I oh, heard man. It was, I heard it it was, was whack. Okay, so <clears throat> I will watch bad movies yeah. always because it's just like these it's are the things trend. that I grew up. I'm like, I got to see it. I got to know if they did it. Um, and then I got to go and talk about it to people. It was so bad. <laughs> I would say see it. Just to just, to, just see. to see it and see the comparison. It's the same writer. Mm. The dude who made Last Stand wrote and directed this time. Oh, they this one. Learn. And I'm like, why would you do that? Like, the, you, you don't get a second shot from 15 years ago. Like, it's not how it goes. Mm. But... Like, I'm like, for me, a personal level, when I see these movies, like, mostly MCU... Because I didn't read DC too much growing up. I read some Batman. I don't really care for Superman. I can get into that for hours. But, <laughs> um, you know, Wonder Woman, I, I've read that. I You know, Flash was... Uh, Green Lantern's really my guy from, mm-hmm. from DC. But, like, seeing my perspective and, and, and what I loved about it... And I can only ask with everybody's individual perspective of the comics growing up and how they impacted me. And then seeing it done on screen, like... You know, you can look at some of these movies, uh, uh, the original Fantastic Four um, with Jessica Alba, and, and you know, I thought Reed Richards was fine in that. It was the only uh, oh, that, that was not the original Fantastic. Oh no, you were talking about the, Corm- <laughs> the Roger Corman one from no, like the unreleased the old, one. Oh, yeah, I've that seen that. That is something else. Terrible. No, but but like fantastically terrible. Like to the point where you're like, I gotta watch this because yeah. it's like it's like the disaster. It's a car crash. Yeah, you're like, oh my god. But then they were took it seriously and it still did horribly, and then they rebooted it again. And so, like, you know, I I in the beginning, like you, I was like, I'm just happy I get to see Spider-Man. I'm yeah. happy I get to see Wolverine and and Jean and, and the professor on screen. And hell, I was even happy when I saw Daredevil on a screen, which mm-hmm. I thought his costume was fucking awesome personally but but the movie itself no it was terrible (laughs) i've seen it 24 times easily i've seen two dozen but having that impact being like i'm just happy that they're doing that so like i know that from my point of view i'm gonna have a skewed perception like i'm gonna love these movies good or bad i'm gonna be like i'm just glad they did it well not anymore so much because i'm tired of seeing shitty fantastic four movies and shitty x-men movies but um 
seeing it from there, uh, also being a fan of film, uh, and, and, you know, I'll critique the hell out of anything. Um, personally, I don't see much wrong with the MCU. Early, maybe, like, Thor 2, uh, uh, Thor 1 even was meh. Yeah. But, like, they've done... Ragnarok was stuff. great. Ragnarok was amazing. Was I think it reset the tone on Thor, and I hope... That, and it sounds like they're going to keep that going. I, I like the Thunder. fact that they kept it comedic. Yes. it's like... You know, even when like he was being serious, it was still a funny seriousness about it. Uh, I mean, I think it's I think that just comes down to uh, it being Disney. Disney essentially knows what people want. They've done it for almost a hundred years. And I remember when I first heard that Disney was buying Marvel, I was, I was completely yeah, I was I was scared. I was like, what the fuck are they gonna do with? With Marvel, but they but they said, all right, well, you know, we're going to now. I, though I get that there's some bits of it where they essentially were going from like movie into comic because a lot of the, uh, at least the way they set up the teams, like with the um, Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. was more so you know based on how they were writing the movie, and so then like uh, I I saw how Disney was like, all right, you know putting continuity like first so even uh after them like releasing the the punisher series which i liked in oh, the yeah. comics they started drawing the punisher to look like uh, i For forgot john bernthal yeah I, I forgot his name but yeah they were they were starting to draw to look like him and then sure. draw uh peter quill to look like what's his face um from the from yeah, Parks and chris Rec. pratt chris pratt yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. they do so they they just they know how to keep it all cohesive and together, which is why I think that uh, the MCU is winning as far as the movies are concerned because it's a concerted effort. With DC, I feel like they still just haven't figured out exactly what direction they want to go and how they're going to do it. Sure. Uh, which is funny because on the flip side, like. All of the almost all of DC's animated movies are great, like hands down, hands down. Like when it comes to animation, DC DC has the animation game like locked down, even with the Young Justice Outsiders. It's one of the best shows, like that. So, so just do that, yeah. Just take those stories and put them on screen. I don't know why you're doing you've got the formula, you're doing it already. Just put it in. Oh my god, it just drives me insane. It's (laughs) it is funny because, like. Even just like for like Young Justice, there was, uh, it was just this running joke of, uh, like the word uh, underwhelmed. Like yeah, you know, stay whelmed. People are uh, like underwhelmed, but like no one's over like underwhelmed. They're overwhelmed, but like no one's whelmed. So so like they would always just like drop that joke. Oh, this is I'm extremely whelmed mm-hmm. right now. Running like, joke and just like keeping that like running joke, but then having it having it be be funny, but then it's it's all all connected. People use so, it emotionally too. Like it's yeah. that's just a phenomenal show, and they keep really so glad they brought it back. Do you do do you subscribe to the DC universe? Uh, my dad like- was, and then I realized that he wasn't like fully subscribed. He just had the the trial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So when I went to go log in, oh, the Harley Quinn. That's a good oh show. Oh, my God. So it is good. hilarious. Hilarious. I'm, I'm going to have to just, like, pay for it now. Like, I I was surprised because the last thing I saw with Harley Quinn, 
it was an animated movie and it was uh, like oh, Harley Quinn and the, the Batman. Batman. Yeah. Oh, that, that it was, was, I it liked was it. terrible. It was, it was weird. It was just so, like, it was god awful for me because it was like on, on one hand, they were trying to mimic the drawing style or the art style of uh, Batman the Animated, uh, yeah. Batman the Animated they, Series. They and then that. on top of that, like, they were. I, I get they were trying to make like more adult jokes, but the way they leaned into it was just really inorganic, and it was just like they were they were just trying to force it instead of just like okay, let's let's just make something something good. It just seemed like they were just trying to capitalize on the popularity of Harlequin yeah. and not necessarily looking to make a good story. Yeah, the, the animation, the 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 series that's out now. Perfect. It's good. Yeah, it's it, the, really good. The jokes land. The timing is great. It, it's not like overly produced or anything. They just kind of have fun with it. They got a good cast. Kelly Cuoco is great as uh, as Harley, um, and it's just a, it's a it's a phenomenal show. I, you know, I was so on board with the DC universe. I was like, all right, I'm gonna watch Titans. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch Titans. Wasn't it was all right. It didn't. It they they had they edited their own release schedule. They they took the episode. They put it after a different episode. They moved one around. They ended the first season and then the second season picked up with a continuation of the exact scene from the first season. Just ended after the season two episode one should have been season one episode finale, whatever it was. Yeah, it it really kind of pissed me off, but. I liked the overall show. I, I guess I'll say I didn't get into season two. I want to. I like Doom Patrol. I thought that was pretty. I good. haven't watched Doom Patrol. Brendan Fraser, like just it's it's a more adult version that lands. He, he would correct you and say Brendan Fraser. Fraser. Oh, Fraser. excuse me. Yeah. Oh, oh fuck me, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> speaking of which, to go back, what was it's a Jerry O'Connell. Jerry O'Connell. Jerry I was kind of, and it was sliders. It was. It, sliders. I, yeah, yeah. As you were talking, I was like, I feel like that was a show, but <laughs> I don't know. Um... Doom Patrol is fun. Uh, Alan Tudyk is the villain, and everything he does is phenomenal. He's what, from, what else was he? I mean, he's he's. A, I know him from Firefly. He was a Wash. Um, he's uh, he's in everything. He was the voice of K two S O in. Oh, you never saw Rogue One. Um, damn. I mean, he's been in a bunch of things. Um, weirdly, he's the voice of, he was a voice actor in a couple of, uh, Disney movies. But Firefly is my big thing for him that I saw him in. Uh, he worked with Joss Whedon a lot, uh, back in the day. I think he was in Dollhouse for a moment. Um, I'm gonna blank on it. But, uh, how did I get on that one too? Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol, yeah. Worth it. Uh, uh, Timothy Dalton is uh, like the uh, he's in it he's good and then they did Swamp Thing and released it and it got great reviews and then they canceled it uh, you know when I oh saw God. the trailer I was like okay this is this actually Dark. looks like it could yeah. be be really good and I, I haven't uh, yeah. I haven't watched it though yet but I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to check that out I'm, I may or may not keep my subscription I don't really know if, if you uh I haven't, but a lot of my friends were were raving about the uh, crisis on um, Infinite Earth on the like the CW how they like even brought the the one actor from Smallville yeah and I so see. I've I've been here and they even brought the the Flash from Justice League yeah into, so I've been hearing that like all of my my friends who are like comic guys they were like you know this was well done why the hell can't DC 
do this with we'll give it to with the DC EU. It's like you like they were able to do this with a much lower budget, you know, less less graphics, but it was still it still told a good story and it gave you essentially what you were looking yeah. for as a fan. But I don't know. It's I, a, they're all Greg Berlanti produced and he's he's fantastic. Uh, in in his producing things, he did something else. I just watched, but um, I stopped watching the the Flash and Arrow and Supergirl after like its first or second season. I've seen like first four or five seasons of Flat or of, of Arrow. Arrow, and then I stopped after like the third. I like, them. and then it started getting like crap. Like I want to say the fourth season was when it got crappy, but then I was hearing from people that fifth the fifth the good. fifth season yeah. kind of like brought it back. So because I, I I used to I'm, be a big fan of Arrow. Uh, it's I so stopped much after to the watch, second though. season like, on Flash, though. Yeah, I think that's where I was too. But it, it's too much to watch. Yeah. I just don't have that time of the day. Yeah. You know, I'm reading my comics, I'm playing games, I work like <laughs> a normal human being. Like, I don't know where, I don't actually own uh, cable either, so yeah. I can't really watch them too much. And you can stream them and all that crap. But, like, to do all these crossovers, I think it's phenomenal, and I'm excited for it. I, at one point, I'm gonna pick it up and rewatch them all. Uh, but I, I heard that this was the boldest crossover and landed very well. Mm. Um, but like you know, I mean, Brandon Routh put the cape, uh, put put the uh, cape back on. Man, he was he he portrayed another Superman from his Superman Returns days. So remember, he did that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I forgot he's he was Adam in that. Now. Yeah, he's the Adam in. Um, Heroes of Tomorrow. What the fuck is that show? Oh, uh, um, yeah, uh, DC's Legends of Legends, Legends of, of Tomorrow. Yeah. And uh, and so he's the Adam in that. Uh, and then in this, he's a multiverse Superman from another universe. And he's got like the. You remember when they did like the the red and black S? The, so it was red, and then behind it was black instead of yellow. Uh, he has that one on, and he's got he's got like old man, like Kingdom Come. Oh yeah, I don't know yeah, if you read yeah, that, but yeah, he's got okay. the he's got the white streaks in his hair and, and the black and white suit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and okay. they bring in and they did do the Tom Welling from uh, from from Smallville, which I've watched every fucking episode of that. It's, I have not watched all of it. Don't. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it's a guilty pleasure. It's not my now. Favorite. If they really were about it, they, did they bring De- Dean Cain in? I don't know, but they brought back uh, Burt Ward. From the '60s, uh, uh, Superman, uh, Batman movie. So Adam West and Burt Ward. He was Robin in the mm, '60s. Yeah, and he's in it. I don't know what he's doing. I didn't watch it. I think he is Robin or Dick uh, from that day. And I was like, this is insane. Like wow. everybody, Kevin Conroy, the voice of the Batman animacy. He's in the fucking crossover. Oh, he shit. is Bruce Wayne. He's fucking Batman in it. And he. Don't, I don't think he ever puts on the cape and cowl, but he's in the damn show. Mm. Okay. Um, I, mean, I could go on forever talking to you, man. Um, uh, we're we're gonna call it. We're about time. Um, tell everybody where you can find you. You know, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. What are your right. handles? Uh, I I am Rudy Devino. That's Rudy with an I and not a Y. Uh, all of my socials are Go Rudy G O R U D I, and uh, yeah, that's that's where I'm where I'm at. And you know, I'm I'm a I'm a nerd. I'm working on putting more nerd things in my music but uh yeah if you go to my instagram you can see all of the different groups and projects that i work with and uh 
I'm out here. <laughs> yeah, definitely check him out. Uh, go to his Instagrams. Uh, he's going to have some probably upcoming shows. Now, I don't know when this is going to air. We're recording mm-hmm. it early. Uh, but keep an eye on it. It's definitely worth watching. I've listened to a bunch of his stuff. Check it out. Um, and uh, otherwise, we'll see you next time. Thank you very much, guys. Peace out.